You're listening to Perpetual Traffic. Hello and welcome to the Perpetual Traffic Podcast. This is your host, Ralph Burns, and this is the show we share cutting-edge strategies to help marketing directors, CMOs, business owners to get more leads and sales so they can acquire more customers and ultimately achieve their vision. Kasim Aslam, we've taken a few weeks off here around the Christmas break. How the hell are you? What have you been up to? Living the dream. Merry New Year. Yeah, happy 2024. You know what's weird about 2024, dude, is we're well past the time that most movies I watched as a kid flashed forward to. Do you know what I'm saying? Like you'd be watching a movie and it'd be like a dystopian era and then the little digits come across the screen and it's like 2022. And it's just like skulls in the desert getting crushed under a heel. And 2024 is, I don't think there was a movie made in the 80s or 90s that flashed. They didn't think that we lived this long. Like we're in uncharted territory. (laughs) Yeah, it seems so, so far off in the distance to even think about 2020s when I was in the 80s. Now, you were in diapers in the 80s, but I understand that. But the point is, is all of the the 80s, I I potty trained at a certain (laughs) point. (laughs) I made my way out of that phase. (laughs) Now, just for reference, so one of the best diabolical, great, greatest movies ever, which was panned by critics, by the way, when it first came out, I was in high school, if you believe it. Like, this is crazy to think about that. Just people can like extrapolate my age. It's like scary to think about. But Terminator came out in 1984. I didn't know Terminator was panned by critics. I thought it was a huge it was, hit. No, it was totally ripped by critics. And then it gained this massive momentum. I remember everyone thought, like, this is the stupidest thing ever. And, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger, like, he can't act. You mm. know? And then all of a sudden you're like, it just got like so much momentum and then it became a thing. And now it's yeah. part of our culture, part of our, the zeitgeist of, you know. The- You'd put it in a time capsule. If you only had like a yeah. hundred elements of an age, like Terminator would be one of them. It would be one of them. And it's, it's really kind of a simple but cool concept. And it was based on being sent back in time from 2029. Oh, look at that. So we have five years to go before. What is it? Skynet? Skynet. Skynet. It's coming. Yeah. It's coming. Chat GPT, open AI is already on the way. So, you know. So Sam Altman is the guy from Terminator 2 that's holding that bomb, you know, and he like kind of breathes himself to death. Like, I don't know how much longer I can I don't know how much longer yeah. I can hold on. And kaboom. Yep, that was Sam Altman. Yeah. That's one of the best on screen deaths ever. I don't know who that actor was, but man, he crushed it. I don't think he's we didn't see him ever again. It's like all the characters in Star Wars, with the exception of Harrison Ford, all their Hollywood careers were decimated by that movie. Yeah. Never to appear ever again. Although Mark Hamill now appeared in, it's like, you know, old. Yeah, but as a human punchline, he's just in things because he's Mark Hamill. You know, you don't want to be that. Yeah, you don't want to be that. He was definitely typecast. So, well, anyway, speaking of previews of times in the future, like Terminator 1984 to 2029, today, we're going to give you a little bit of preview of Kasim primarily your talk, because I've talked a little bit about my talk here on previous episodes, but very curious as to what you will be talking about at Traffic and Conversion Summit, which we as complete shills for Traffic and Conversion Summit, because we are not even paid to do this, but we're 
contractually obligated, which I always say on this show, which is not really true. They just sort of asked us to help promote it on perpetual traffic. But I couldn't is, say I didn't read the contract. I just signed it. <laughs> I just I just kind of signed Very it. Very irresponsible. <laughs> I, I know there's a non-disparagement clause in there somewhere. So we're definitely far away from that. The point right. is, is that we're both going to be at Traffic and Conversion Summit next week. So this is a hot take here, everyone. Hot episode coming right at you right at the beginning of 2024. And if you're still on the fence about going, you know, well, hopefully you've already made you know, ticket reservations in your hotel accommodations. Pretty hard to get right now at this late date. But if you're still thinking about going, make sure that you head over to trafficandconversionsummit.com and enter the code perpetual traffic for 20% off. 20% off your tickets. And I think the tickets are still like $2,500, $2,600. Haven't they increased a little bit? Um, no, I don't know if they've gone up yet, but I know they're going up like in T minus nothing. Yeah. So, yeah, $2,595 until January 8th. So, if you buy at the door, basically it's three grand, but right now it's 2600 bucks. Yeah, We actually gave a ticket away to uh, Shelby Johnson, who won our review contest. However, we still need reviews. So if you love us and just want to give us a review out of the goodness of your heart, you can always do that wherever it is you listen to podcasts. Always, always helpful. So thank you, Shelby. Looking forward to meeting you live in person at Traffic and Conversion Summit. Today, we're going to get into a little bit of a preview, like I said, of what we're going to be talking about there at the show and Kasim, I'm very interested in what sort of knowledge bombs you're going to be dropping there. I mean, you're known for your stage presence. You were an MC there for years, which is pretty freaking cool. But this year, you're just a regular speaker guy. Just, just you know, talking. Just talking. Just taking the stage with Richard Branson. I'm the last, the last speaker on day one, which I program events now because I have my mastermind. And I can tell you, that's where you put the guy that you're not that excited about. Like it's right around happy hour. So they're like, well, if they don't like him, they can go get drunk and they won't remember. Yeah, which is really kind of funny because they've sort of pumped you up in a lot of the promotions, which. Yeah, it's because I check the, I think, diversity box. That and the hair. The hair. I'm like the kid the on the hair. twister box that spins the wheel. Like they just had him there because they didn't want to be. You check the hair box. I think that's it. Yeah. Is that no, what it is? That Am I not allowed no. to say that? No, no, no. Is that disparagement? <laughs> it's, it's disparagement. That's it right there. No, make sure that you do stick around because I love hearing you talk personally. And, oh, and by the way, now that we are in the same mastermind, plug for our new mastermind. Well, my new mastermind, I joined this year finally after lots of arm twisting and yeah. just, just You know, after all the jokes beating. we make about me not getting paid, you actually gave me some money. <laughs> I did actually give you some money. <laughs> That's right. It's divided by three, I think. So it's not all yours. But, and I know to run a mastermind, it's like completely not profitable. I'm sure you yeah, guys but make it's money fun. on the back end with some sort of scammy resource or affiliate links or whatever. That's but it's all good. It's just lots of fun. So yeah, so I did join Driven Mastermind, which I'm pretty excited about. So that means we get to hang out live three times a year, travel pending, which I think will benefit the professional Four traffic. times, assuming you want to come to Mexico. Oh, well, even better. Yeah, that was four events, one I every did, quarter. I did not realize that. Now I'm just getting yeah. added value right here. Already. But anyway, yeah, I really always enjoy uh, hearing you speak. So this is definitely a day I will probably be drunk by that time. Actually, I won't be because it's dry January for me. I will be completely sober watching your talk at the end of day one. So give us a little bit 
of a preview. And the reason I would be celebrating is because I go earlier that day, so I get it out of the way. The point is, is, is there's a lot of cool stuff for you to be discussing, and you chose what specifically to focus uh, on? The title of my talk is Enemies No More. Enemies No More. How to make Google and meta ads multiply each other for a net 10x effect. I, dun, can't, dun, dun. I can't believe you have come Ralph, so I far. Either. I know. Just think, when you were just a perpetual traffic toddler way back when. Yeah, still in diapers. You hated everything having to do with meta. And now it's actually in the subject of your talk. I can't believe it. Yeah. I still hate meta. I now hate Google too, Ralph. It's, it's not that you brought me around. It's that Google lost me and now I hate everything. The truth though is, and this is something that you've talked about for a long, long time, but I think it became more true in the last 18 months. If you're not running both channels, you're not just missing out on what the other channel could be bringing to the table. You're missing out on an amplification opportunity to the existing channel that would and does for most of our clients pay for itself at a minimum. So it's as though you're not spending any more money because the improvement in the efficacy of just your existing channel, I'm not even talking about, so I'm not being as vague. I realize that the terms that I've used are kind of, what would you say, zoomed out. If you're running Google ads and you're performing and the Google ad campaign is performing, which is a lot of our clients come to us because they're Google specific because we're a Google ads agency. By not running Facebook ads, they think, okay, well, I'm missing out on whatever market exists inside of Facebook, but that's okay because Google's working for me. Why would I go crack the Facebook code? However, when they go run Facebook ads, what we find is the Facebook ad spend increases the efficacy of their Google ad campaign by at least what they spent in Facebook. And I'm talking net profit perspective. And generally speaking, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 times more. And the opposite is true with Facebook, Meta, excuse me. This is, I always knew somebody was old when they called me and they said AdWords. And I was like, all right, I know what I'm dealing with. And now the same is true with, I mean, you're not supposed to say Facebook, you're supposed to say Meta. But, but the amplification opportunity is, it needs to be found. It's found along certain lines and levels of analysis. And maybe more specific than that, certain campaign types work really well with each other. So my talk at Traffic and Conversion is about what campaign type specifically to use and when. And I'm going to be giving a little bit of a teaser today as you know we sort of dive deeper into the what I'll term is the cross-pollination of each campaign or each ad channel and network into each other or its other. Makes sense. I mean, from a high level, people sort of know this, but I see this as becoming more of the mainstream thinking. I see it becoming more that way this year. People started to get kind of comfortable with it or maybe a little bit more used to it in 2023, but this is like how you have to think now. And I'm not just talking about marketing efficiency ratio and just your overall ad spend and, hey, spend like a million dollars and like figure out like how much is in your source of truth. And that's how you figure out how your marketing is working or whether it's not. But the idea of it is slowly sort of coming into just seeping into digital marketing in general. Because the funny part is, is my talk is very much on the same subject. In two specific case studies, the platform's working together mm. synergistically. And it's thinking about it in silos. I see that as the old way of thinking. And if you think that way, 
then you're just going to limit your scale. It's over. If you think that way, it's over. You're dead. You can get to a level of scale, though. This is the thing that I've found. I know this is about your talk more than it is about mine, but you can get to a level of scale by looking one channel, but then you reach this saturation point. You just, you can't, depending on the size of the market, I know I've said this before, like you have to look at the other channels and the other ways in which people are discovering you and start figuring out ways in which to become more discoverable on those channels, and then they start to work together. But there's this messy in-between point where you don't really know what's going on unless you have potentially good third-party tracking. You've got somebody on staff who really understands data, which is certainly the case (laughs) with you guys. But then everything changes once you get out of that messy middle. Is that safe to... Are you feeling that same sort of surge or change in mentality when it comes to media in the coming year? Yeah. I think what did it was Google's performance max, and not just performance max, let's say all Google AI-driven campaign types, and then all meta AI-driven campaign types, which is Advantage Plus, I think, is the primary flagship, but I know that there are others. What happened is each of those in a silo functions as an assembly line unto itself, which if Google were the only ad network in the world, you would just run that and then it would be a composite engine where you input raw materials and then something comes out the other end is how Google wanted to construct it. The problem is Google's not the only ad network in the world. You have Google and you have Meta. And when you take those things and you put them on top of each other, imagine to stretch this analogy as far as it'll go until it breaks, Two assembly lines built by two independent companies who hate each other, both sharing the materials back and forth until they can make what it is that you want. You actually can't afford to look at it in a silo because if you only ever watched one of the two assembly lines, you don't know what's happening when it when it bounces back and forth and they're stealing from each other and they're clawing and they're grabbing and they're ripping. And, they're, and dude, I, I came up with this analogy on the fly, but the more I think about it, the more it's absolutely perfect. There are these two AI-driven machine learning assembly lines that your raw materials go into, and now they're like in this quantum battle of creation where they both know what it is that you want, and they're both adept enough to get you there. And what to make it all worse, it would be great if I could watch the assembly lines work, and I saw everything that was happening and taking place, because then I can reverse engineer the success of the assembly lines. But because we live in a world of clouded, shrouded, removed hidden data, they're black boxes. So I can't even see when my materials are in one assembly line versus the other or where they started or where they ended or where they dropped off or where it's just stuff goes in and then stuff comes out. And the point that I'm trying to make, I guess, at its core is you can't afford not to run both assembly lines. And the thing that you have to do is look at, okay, raw material in, finished product out, myrrh. Media efficiency ratio, cash in, cash out. Is this, and if I run both assembly lines, look at the quantification that happens and make this even more tangible. Okay. So I have a, one of my slides, I'm not going to give the whole slide away because then people won't come to my talk at the very end of the first day. Here's an example. Here you have meta advantage plus campaigns, advantage plus shopping campaigns running. And for this client in particular, but for a lot of clients that run this type of campaign, these are not converting at all. If you just look at the meta assembly line, bunch of raw materials going in the front, nothing coming out the end, which that's a horrible assembly line. Turn it off, right? We should kill this damn thing. 
But as soon as I run the Google assembly line concurrently with the meta assembly line, you'll notice every single one of these freaking conversions starts with meta, ends with Google, 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 et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It almost never solo converts. This, what, this is the thing that's really interesting, Ralph. This isn't something that's always been true. This isn't something that's always been true. It used to be that you could run these campaigns and campaign channels and campaign types solo. They could self-convert. And I think a lot of the loss of that has to do with what happened with, and we're always going to, it's kind of the BCAD changeover in digital marketing is the iOS 14 update. Meta lost the ability to self-assemble start to finish. And so it rolled out things like Advantage Plus and, and made a lot of changes and did a really good job, I think, especially with post-acquisition conversion tracking. But it's it still, a lot of what happened to Meta made advertisers feel like Meta wasn't functioning as well. And then Google had to contend with some of those same issues. But you take that idea, that realization, and then add to it the fact that at the same time, we moved into a new era of digital marketing, which was AI-driven, which means that we used to build the assembly lines ourselves. You and I remember this because we're graybeards, but some of the young bucks listening don't know this. You That campaign, you built from the top. That's why you have your five levels. I mean, those badass graphics you pull up from tier 11, which people shove. Like that was that. We used to build those things by hand. Every step of the bridge was built one brick at a time by an idiot like me who sat there watching it like, okay, what needs to happen next? And now it's being constructed automatically with AI, which means you cannot afford not to run these two assembly lines next to each other, period, full stop. Does that mean all you really need to do, the level of success that should be attained, whether you're brand new to digital marketing, whether you have reached sort of a, a plateau of success, when it comes to paid advertising, all you really need to do is just run meta top of funnel and then brand campaigns bottom of funnel for Google and that's it. Or probably some high value keyword phrases that are related to the stuff that's on your high end or your top of funnel. Is that all it is? If we just boil it down to that? If only. Wouldn't that be... Well, here's the thing is we'd be right out of business, but wouldn't that be great for small businesses? Here's what I will say is I realize you're being facetious, but there is something to what you said. If you're a brand new advertiser, or you know, if you're a tenured company but new to digital marketing, I'd sure as shit start there. I'd start with the top of funnel from, I'd say, Meta and YouTube, but Meta more specifically. Awareness building, where awareness building is most effective and cheapest, which generally speaking is Meta. And then I'd start the bottom of funnel where people go. And this isn't a hack, by the way. We're not talking tactics. We're talking where does the world go for awareness building? Well, they go to display-based, content-driven social proliferation of content, places like Meta, Twitter, TikTok, et cetera. So that's where you run your awareness campaigns. Where does the world go? Where's the world's predictor of intent? Google. So that's where you run your intent-driven campaigns. Now, if you want to get more sophisticated, what you start to find is it gets very nuanced based off of your business. Advantage Plus Shopping might do really well with Google Standard Shopping, depending on your product, your service, your category, your industry, your geography. Maybe it does really well with Performance Max. Maybe it does really well with a brand campaign. Maybe it does really well with insert alternative campaign here. That's the point is you kind of need to run the assembly lines against each other. And now instead of split testing everything we used to split test, you're actually split testing the combination of the assembly lines. And you're never going to get it perfect because it's a changing organic ecosystem. And it's messy. And you don't know what goes inside the black box. Right. Really. 
Well, you kind of do. I mean, it depends on what your tracking mechanism is. But I mean, roughly. Dude, even then, the tracking, you know, it's like, remember that science project where they tried to find the electron and they figured out that the electron only shows up where they look because awareness impacts the study? And it, it ended up being something that people took as proof of God, which is an interesting departure that we won't have to get into. But it reminds me of, it reminds me of attribution now. It's like, I could, dude, I can, I, I can attribute anything. I can attribute anything to anything because it's all so interwoven, which is why we need to kind of just zoom out and start looking what's being put in, what's coming out, and in a broad theme, which of these assembly lines were participants in that in as much as I can see. And that's the way that we need to run media buying. Dude, it's, I hate it, Ralph. I hate it. I'm not telling you this is good. I'm a mechanic that never gets to touch a car again, basically. It was easier when it was single channel. You just like sort of oh, press bro. the button on that one channel and boom, everything happened. I mean, I think you're still, you can still get to a level of success with just that. Well, people do, but that's the point For that I'm sure. trying to make is, yeah, you know what it reminds me of? To, let's go with another analogy, Kane. We'll just exhaust our listeners with horrible analogies. Imagine being a captain of a ship and you're sailing. And the thing about a ship is you have one plane of existence. It's on the water. And as long as you're on the water and above the water, you're a good sailboat captain. Well, you take a ship's captain and then you make him a captain of a spaceship. And that one plane of existence, like now, even the terms that you use don't, you know, like I can't go west in a spaceship. There's no west. It's all context-based and, and there's a reorientation and you can go so many different directions and speeds. And it's just a complete change of approach. We used to be sailboat captains, all of us, because all of us were pretty much captaining one channel. Right. And now here we are in the freaking spaceship, the world's your oyster. But you still have people who are like, I'm just surfing the water, dude. And what I want to tell them is you have an interstellar space ship. You need to lift off and see what happens when you do. You're going to go so much further, so much farther. Whole other planets are available and accessible to you. The two case studies I'll be talking about at a Traffic and Conversion Summit are exactly like this, starting with Google's success and then transferring it at like the exact, I don't know if it's the exact opposite of what you're talking about, but they came to us for Google. And we're like, well, that's great. You can go there. but if we slowly but surely 10x your meta spend, you'll actually spend less on Google and get more of what you want, which is, let's think about that for a second. So they come a million dollars a month on Google, one case study, and then they're spending $77,000 a month on meta. So by the end of the six months, they're spending one million, no, they were spending 1.2 million on Google to start. They're spending 1 million on Google, but 70,000. So you've increased your ad spend by 63,000, but you've decreased it by 200,000. So net, net, you're actually mm. down hundreds or so thousand, but you're getting double the leads at half the cost. Like I know that was some convoluted math there, but by combining channels, you're actually helping them work together better. You're not captaining the ship, you know, on the water. You are captaining the ship from space because you're Take now you're looking at it in a very different way. What I've found is that shift to say, "Oh no, we're actually going to do more over here and less over here," which is going to make you more, is a very hard concept for people to wrap their heads around. Because it's so counterintuitive. 
And that's one of the hardest things I think that we have when we talk to customers about this. It's like, all right, you came to us to solve this problem. We're, we look at it like this is a business problem. This is not a media buying channel problem. Ultimately, it will become a channel blending of channel issue that we will solve. But it's like, let's keep our eyes on the big prize. The big prize is to get more sales at a lower cost as opposed to more sales at the same cost. I mean, that's still good. But imagine getting both, having your cake and eating it too. And when you mix the channels correctly, when you cross the streams, magic can happen. And it does take time to do this. I've found is that it's usually three to six months. And that's what I'll be talking about at TNC. It's like you have to have patience. So if you want to crack the customer acquisition cost code or the cost to acquire a customer, you need patience, young Padawan. Yeah, well, and that's three to six months, in my experience, you correct me if I'm wrong, to start to see. Just start to see it. To start to see the impacts. Yeah. You know, it's like three to six months and then the seed breaks the ground and you start to see the sprout. sprout. You, don't, you have an oak tree. You're like, wait a second, I see something right there. I see a little right. sprout. It could turn into an oak tree or it could die. Right. But you get a lot of sprouts. Or it's a weed. Or it's a, <laughs> a, a freaking weed, which you have to pull out. Or, yeah. yeah. So I think that's the big thing. So if people are going to TNC, this is something that I think is a theme throughout a lot of the three days is, yeah, there's going to be lots of tips and hacks and all these tips and tricks and all those types of people that are going to be there. But it's like this broader view of media buying and digital marketing is the new way of looking at things. I'm excited to see your talk, man. What day are you talking? I'm on, I think, like third, second or third, third, I think. I'm going to pull it aside. I wanted to give you a little plug. So if you're going to TNC, make sure you go see Ralph Burns. Better get my talk together then. Yeah. We always make last minute modifications. It's like, you know, you take the race car out on the racetrack and you're going to make a couple of tweaks to the engine, to the carburetor, to the... Dude, you're day one. I'm day one. You're day one at 11.15 a.m. You're one of the very first talks. That's prime time. I'm opening for you. No. The opening Putting act. their best foot forward is what they're doing. Well, either way, check it out at Traffic and Conversion Summit. Make sure that you do use Perpetual Traffic as your coupon code. Get 20% off. See us. And we're going to be psyched to meet Shelby Osborne. I think hopefully she's going to be excited to meet us. She was probably one of those people that submitted after we said you didn't have to actually meet us. So, But she's going to meet us anyway. So thank you for that. And make sure that wherever you're listening, you do leave a review. We're going to do a couple of live shows, I think. I think that's what we need to do. Even though we don't have like a podcast booth, but we need to do something live while we're there next week. A couple of live perpetual traffic episodes from TNC. We have to. We have to. Right. So bring, bring your microphone. Yeah. All right. The people need it. The people need it. That's right. That's right. Well, look forward to seeing you all there. Make sure that you do subscribe, like I say, wherever you listen to podcasts. And obviously, check us out over on our YouTube channel, perpetualtraffic.com forward slash YouTube. You can follow me on LinkedIn and Qasim at Qasim Aslam on all the socials. Go back and listen to previous episodes. And all resources and show notes that we mentioned here are over at perpetualtraffic.com. So on behalf of my awesome co-host, Qasim Aslam, Peace. Until next show, see ya. You've been listening to Perpetual Traffic. 